0: DARK WEB MYSTERY BOX The internet that most people use is only a small percentage of the World Wide Web. The majority of the internet is made up of something called the Deep Web. The Deep Web, also known as the Invisible Web or the Hidden Web, consists of pages that are not indexed by common search engines. The dark web is a small subsection of the deep web that's only accessible with special software or authorization. Similar to the deep web, search engines don't index material that's on the dark web, pages are hidden, and activity is totally anonymous. Bad things happen on the dark web the
1: following is one woman's terrifying experience with the dark web my name is sarah i love to explore the unknown i'm obsessed with investigating abandoned locations and trying to uncover any parts of their history that may have been passed over i'm also what some people refer to as a spelunker which means I love to explore caves, especially those that have only been lightly explored. When I heard about the dark web, I just had to know more. To me, it was a digital underground mystery that warranted vast exploration. I downloaded the necessary software and dove in headfirst. I discovered an assortment of disturbing things, This is the region of the internet where people can buy drugs, fake passports, illegal weapons, pornography, hitmen, and just about any nefarious transaction one can think of. I was happening upon a lot of things that were unnerving, but not much that was mysterious and interesting. That is, until I discovered mystery boxes. There are sites on the dark web where you can purchase anything imaginable, legal, or illegal. One of those things that people tend to order from the dark web is mystery boxes. You pay the asking price via cryptocurrency so that the transaction can't be traced, and then you provide an address. When the mystery box arrives, you open it not having any idea what may be within. It sounded like dark, mysterious fun for someone like me who loves to explore the unknown. So I ordered one for $300 and had it sent to a P.O. box as I did not want the mysterious sender to be aware of my actual address. I knew with the transaction being anonymous that I ran the risk of simply being ripped off and never receiving my mystery box. After three weeks had gone by without receiving it, I assumed that was the case, so I was delighted when a large package was delivered to my P.O. box. I picked up the mystery box and brought it back home. It was a large, tattered cardboard box. The P.O. box address was written on the top of the box in crayon. There was no return address. I set the box on the kitchen table and carefully opened it inside the box were eight smaller packages they were all stacked neatly within the box and were wrapped gracefully with christmas themed wrapping paper each package had a large number written on the front that went from one to eight i opened them in order package one This was a small box, no more than five inches across, and was extremely light. Inside, I discovered a balled-up piece of notebook paper. I carefully opened up the crinkled-up wad of paper. At the top of the paper, written in black crayon, were the words, HELP ME, and there was a phone number underneath the words. I picked up my phone and dialed the number. It immediately went to voicemail, and I was greeted by a cheerful woman's voice. Hi, this is Michelle. Please leave a message. I hung up the phone and moved on to package number two. The second package was the size of a shoebox. After unwrapping it, I found out that it actually was a shoebox. I removed the lid and found one woman's shoe. It was a white sneaker. The treads on the bottom of the shoe were worn. The shoe itself was quite scuffed. I could even detect the subtle scent of feminine sweat. This shoe had obviously been well used. Package number three. This package was very small and long. It clearly wasn't a solid container. Upon opening it, I found a small cellophane bag. There was something dark and soft-looking inside. I removed the object and realized that it was a lock of long, human hair that was bound together tightly with a yellow rubber band. The hair was dark, sandy blonde. I could smell the fragranced hairspray from it. Package number four. The fourth package was small as well, but I could tell it was a box or some kind of container. When I removed the wrapping paper, a black velvet ring box was revealed. I snapped it open and gagged slightly as the mystery box began to take a dark turn. Inside the ring box was a human tooth. There was still dried blood on the root. I was feeling uneasy at this point and was reluctant to continue with the unboxing, but I figured I came this far. Deep down, I was hoping at some point one of these boxes would unveil the fact that this is all some kind of a sick joke. Package number five. This package was thin and I correctly guessed that it was an envelope. Inside the envelope was an incredibly distressing photograph. In the photograph was a woman in her late twenties with dark, sandy blonde hair. She appeared to be passed out and was propped up against a wall. At the top of the photo, I could see a pair of someone else's arms in the frame. The person was wearing a black, long-sleeved shirt and dark gloves. He was tugging on the woman's hair, which he had placed in the jaws of a pair of scissors. At the bottom of the picture was another pair of arms, removing a sneaker off of the woman's foot. It was clearly the same sneaker I had been sent. Posing prominently in the foreground of the photo was another person's gloved hand, holding a pair of pliers. Package number six. I was scared of continuing, but felt like I needed to, I still held out hope that at some point it would be confirmed that none of this was real, and if it were real, I wanted to be aware of the evidence I was bringing to the police. This package contained a VHS videotape. It did not have a cover. There was a post-it note on the front of the tape that had the words, Watch Me, scribbled on it. I did own a VHS player, so I put the videotape in and pressed play. The image was very grainy and would sometimes be interrupted by flashes of static. Occasionally, the vertical hold would become unstable. The image was dark, but I could hear the audio just fine. There was no mistaking the haunting sound of a woman whimpering. Suddenly, someone cast a spotlight on the woman who was crying. It was the woman from the photo. She was shackled to a dark, grimy wall. She was wearing nothing other than a bra and panties. She was gagged, but I could still make out a trickle of blood running down her mouth from the pulled tooth. She was trying to speak, but her words were inaudible. Mostly she was just crying. She was absolutely filthy. She appeared to be smeared with what I hoped was mud and not excrement. The video lasted approximately 15 seconds before it turned to a static screen. Package number seven. I opened this one in a rush because I wanted to gather all of these packages up and haul them to the police. Package 7 was a manila envelope. I removed a glossy photo from it. The photo revealed a bird's-eye satellite image. I can make out a small, rural neighborhood with lots of surrounding trees. There was an arrow written with permanent marker pointing at a specific house. Due to the angle of the satellite image, it took me several minutes to realize what I was looking at. My blood ran cold when I realized that this was my neighborhood in the photo, and the arrow was pointing at my house. I don't know how they knew my address. I had this package sent to a P.O. box. But somehow, they knew. I jumped up from the kitchen chair and was ready to sprint from the house when I heard a phone ring. But it wasn't my phone that was ringing. The ringing was coming from within the mystery box. I cautiously moved back to the box and peered inside. Package number eight. Package number eight was ringing. I removed the wrapping paper and looked down at the black cordless phone as it continued to ring. I answered it and held it to my ear. The voice I heard was distorted and deep.
0: I'm outside, waiting for you.
1: I ran to the kitchen window and looked out into my front yard. In the driveway was a white van. Two men were standing outside of it staring at me. They were both dressed in black and had on latex Santa Claus masks. That's when I heard a loud creak behind me. Before I could spin around to see what it was, I felt a heavy calloused hand wrap around my mouth. There was a cloth in the hand and it smelled so strong that it burned my nostrils. And everything went black. I woke up in a dark room shackled to the disgusting grimy wall that I recognized from the video I had received in the mystery box. I was only in my bra and panties. I was gagged, and I tongued the bloody, empty socket where one of my teeth used to be. I, too, was smeared with what I hoped was mud, but from the stench confirmed that it was indeed excrement. I stared forward into a bright light and realized I was being videotaped. I wondered what they would do to me, but then as I gazed about the repulsive room... I recognized the girl from the previous video. Her head was sitting atop a spike amongst dozens of other women's heads. Soon, my head would join theirs, as would the head of the next woman who ordered a mystery box.
0: THE PYRAMID Shortly after the Soviet Union fell, I was the first person to enter their top-secret aeronautical and space facility. Upon entering one of the main hangars on the grounds, I was met with the overwhelming stench of death. I quickly gazed upon the grisly scene from which the decaying odor was stemming from. On the ground were three men in security guard uniforms. They all held revolvers in their hands and had been shot dead. About ten feet away from them was a man dressed in cosmonaut gear. He too held a pistol and was riddled with bullets. What we had here was an old-fashioned shootout. But nobody survived to tell the tale. What had happened here? Upon closer inspection of the scene, I noticed an unusual object in the cosmonaut's non-gun hand. It was black and about the size of a baseball. I crouched as close to the body as I could get, while still tolerating the rotting stink. The object appeared to be pyramid-shaped. I stood up and gazed about the hangar and my eyes immediately fixed upon the high-tech single-passenger space shuttle that was stationed nearby. I had no idea the Soviets had such advanced technology, but the proof was sitting before me. The main hatch to the shuttle was still open. I didn't hesitate to enter. The array of dash panel lights within the shuttle was overwhelming. I looked them over carefully and recognized a recording label. There were various cameras situated both on the interior and exterior of the shuttle. Next to the video controls was a monitor. I began turning various knobs until an image appeared on the screen. The image displayed a view of the cosmonaut within the shuttle shortly after he had landed and maneuvered the vehicle into the hangar. Before the shuttle had even come to a complete stop, the cosmonaut had opened the hatch and immediately began firing his weapon. Why? why would a cosmonaut returning from a mission exit the space shuttle guns ablazing? i stood up and stepped into the cargo section of the shuttle and noticed a large white sack toppled over on its side a few of the objects within the sack had spilled out onto the shuttle's floor pyramids The bag was filled with the same type of pyramid objects that the crazed cosmonaut was holding in his hand. I stepped to the bag, bent down, and picked up one of the pyramids. It was cold to the touch and lighter than expected. Each side of the pyramid was polished, refined, and smooth as glass. There were also tiny hieroglyphic etchings near the edges. The pyramids were made from black iron stone. This material is only found on meteorites, which meant these strange pyramid objects were not of this Earth. They originated from somewhere in outer space. As I continued to rub my fingers against the smooth edges of the pyramid, I felt a jolt course through my body followed by a freezing sensation, as if someone had injected ice water into my veins. I wasn't alarmed or frightened. Somehow I knew this was normal and that the sensation would subside shortly after it reached my head. For a split second, my brain felt like it was on fire. Again, this didn't panic me. I knew it was part of the process. Process? What process? And how did I know all of this? These questions were answered instantly as a flood of information rammed into my mind. I felt like a flash drive being inserted into the hard drive of the universe's most complex computer. The messages I was receiving into my brain were indeed from outer space. From a species so far advanced that those who haven't handled the pyramid would not be able to comprehend. And those of us who have, give ourselves over to them immediately. My mission is to destroy as many human-made structures and humans as possible, but not before sharing the knowledge of the pyramids with others so that they too can join the mission. I will dispense the pyramids quickly. Others will be eager to study them. They in turn will join the destruction and share the pyramids with others, and so on. And so on. Planet Earth will topple. Most imagine that if an extraterrestrial invasion were to occur on our planet, it would be swaths of alien ships attacking us with laser beams. The truth is much simpler and comes in the form of a stone shaped like a pyramid. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories podcast, we hope you'll support the show. The show is a lot of work and your support is greatly appreciated. There are several ways you can support the show. Just go to maniacontheloosecom slash support. That's Maniac on the slash support.